So good afternoon, everybody. <sighs> Stay in the pause. <clears throat> Let's go a little bit deeper. Let your body be relaxed. Have a sense of observing your body. Rather than being your body. Just observing your body. Let your breathing slow down. So see the personality from a bit of a distance. It's like, yeah, it's the story-making mechanism of this lifetime. Let's go deeper. Know that when the story-making mechanism is fully active, it makes everything about me, but we're moving further away from that, to where nothing is personal. It's just story. Then it gets spacious. Be sure to be down in your body, not up in your head. Let your energy field get wider and wider, as if the edges of you can dissipate and go in either direction, left and right and dissipate upward and downward, fading right out in front of you and behind you, that your energy field can expand, expand, expand. Freely expanding to such a point that what shoots left and shoots right can meet and overlap at the other side of the planet and circle right back. Where your energy field front and back can extend and extend and extend to where they go to the other side of the planet, pass each other out and come back. your energy field that can move through your feet right through the planet through the molten hot lava in the center and out the other side to the crust of the earth and penetrating through 
where the other parts of your energy field intersected. to dissolve into what is deeper than your mind now. Drop deeper that which was there before your brain came to be. That which is not set up by your body or your mind. This is where your mind can't go. It can't stretch beyond its own capabilities. It has its role, and there's a place it can't go. Let's go there. And what is there? we could call pure. Whatever is there, there's nothing other than what it is. There aren't things there. <coughs> it is one. O-N-E, one. mind might pick up a reflection of it. That's all right. Go deeper than it. Deeper than your mind's version. <coughs> deeper than your mind's reflection of it. might be a sense of it being pure awareness. So let's drop deeper to where it is no longer aware of itself. No longer aware of itself. It's not able to turn around and be aware of itself. It's not able to see itself in any way. doesn't even know itself, can't see itself. It might seem totally still. It might be emptiness itself. Let's go deeper than any concept. outside of time. Deeper than the concept of space. 
dissolving. There is no trace, no remnant of you in any shape or form. Where no idea or concept is or can be supported. Prior to all of it, Where the idea of even existence can't show up. It just seems ridiculous that something might exist or not exist, that something can be. Nothing is supported in that way. It's way too clean, pure empty. It's without, and yet nothing is absent. Deeper than consciousness itself. Outside of, prior to, if the mind tries to get in on the game, don't give it too much attention. Dissolve in outside of all that. Such a tiny, tiny portion can generate galaxies. Stay outside that first movement. Stay outside of it. So that we can maintain that widest view, yet reintroduce the phenomena life without contracting your lens of perception to go into the local body-mind. Let pure consciousness be aware of even beyond itself, that there is a beyond itself.
the smallest movement creates pure consciousness, pure awareness. The smallest movement. Let there be a deeper than consciousness. Let it be there. And in comes this pure consciousness, pure awareness. Let there be no contraction in your perception as you allow pure awareness to be aware of itself. An awareness of awareness. And that movement that is aware of itself, let it roll out further to pure spaciousness. And that little piece that's showing up as spaciousness, Let the idea that something can exist show up. All of this is so small, so small compared to outside of all of it. It's only pure consciousness is introducing size. Space is introducing size. Outside of all of it, there is no such concept. Keep one foot there. With pure spaciousness, let a dot appear and let the dot expand to the left and to the right as the timeline. That small little piece that's pure consciousness can move forward. Do not leave the outside of all of it. Let that small little piece find November 2018. A point in the timeline. Let it find a place on the beautiful planet. Let it find Southern California. Let it find this room in a random hotel. Let there be a, a sense of outside of all of it, deeper than awareness, deeper than consciousness. A sense of outside of all of it. Where even these words are, are, are not touching it. It's just giving a direction. And in this random room, let there be a tiniest little piece of awareness of a physical form. A sense of your own body. All that the body is, is a localized perceiving mechanism. It's how you can look back at all of it from deep within space, time, physical form. You can look 
from within it. That's all it's offering you. A chance to participate within the movie that has rolled out from pure consciousness. That's all it is. That localized perceiving machine that is your body has a personality. Don't stick to it. Remain outside of all of it. And a tiny percentage of pure consciousness can operate that body-mind mechanism. Pure consciousness and beyond can be held in the same space. The mind is going to try and make up something about it. That's fine. It's an inner knowing of outside of all of it. Wider, 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 widest view of all and then pop off that cliff. Deeper than any beingness, knowingness, sensation, deeper than all of it. Some part of you can can remain there, but every word is kind of screwing me up. Let one part of you be outside of all of it. Less than 10% of your attention is all that's needed to manage the body-mind. I'm not talking about less than 10% of what your brain can do. I'm talking about less than 10% of what, 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 what's really there. So when you're ready to open your eyes, be sure that there is either access to outside of all of it, or else some inner knowing that where you're looking from is outside of all of it. Or, if there's a total outside of all of it, then when you open your eyes, this clearly is a movie. Clearly is just a movie. Created by the local perceiving mechanisms that we share and think are our own. when you open your eyes keep the wider perspective and try and figure out what's the minimal amount here that I could plug into this body-mind reality and kind of get away with it Do not block out the wider view. Don't eclipse outside of all of it. So that drama can take over. Stay in touch with as deep as you can go, whether it's pure consciousness, the non-dual, or whether it's where there isn't even that.
Whichever one you can anchor into, stay there. When you're ready, open your eyes and let the information of what's around come to you. But don't swap out the bigger picture or the the knowing of what of what was here before and will be here after and is outside of time. And we have a few people who fell asleep. Your personal me, myself, I story is the only thing that's playing. Put up your hand. Yay! <laughs> Alright. Well, you're just coming to the door, so that's okay. <laughs> Letting your day be a meditation. Can there be, you know, a, a conscious awareness of, of pure consciousness or deeper than all of that? Can that be there at the same time as stories, as events, as participation? That's the question. Even if there's a preference of, oh no, to shut up and not go into people's stories. It's like, notice that too, that's your mind. Now you're plugging right into me, myself, I. And you think you're, you know, it's because you, you've, you can hang out in truth. It's not, it's that you're running a story, rejecting this phenomenal life. This phenomenal life has no capacity at all to shake your awareness of truth. It's, that's, that's just what your mind is doing. There's no blame to be put on phenomenal life at all. It's, well, what are you doing with your attention? You're the one who's swapping out. You're the one who's swapping out the, the, the wider view or the depth of your own being or the deeper. I keep kind of saying the pure consciousness layer or the deeper layer because I know some of you can go deeper than that and some of you need to like hang out in the, in the non-jewel to get that more solid. So whichever one is yours, you know, you can comfortably go to, then that's fine. Establish yourself there. Because your brain has to kind of get used to functioning in a different way. Everybody doing okay? Any question from that right now? 
Okay, Tracy, where's, where's our um, microphone? Here. Thanks. Behind. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go to Paula then. Hi. Hi. said yesterday about, I labeled it joy, but just that spacious openness, awareness. Um, and it's something that just, just feels like a natural thing to me that's underlying everything. I don't tap into that as much as I would love to. Um, but it, it is there. So I call it joy because to me, happiness is from phenomenal things and experiences. Yeah, it's just my word. Um, but with the two meditations today, I could go along for the ride up until a point. And that point, both times, was when you said, existence and the first time it felt to me like fear like the ego going nope don't want to die let's come back in let's make the heart race let's it was manifesting in my body and mm. I think that's really challenging for me once my body is like fired back up and I'm completely identified with the body and this last time what happened was I just felt the sensation of as soon as you got to that point of, you know, let go of the concept of existence or however you said it, I just felt as if I was on a roller coaster at the top and no control and I felt dizzy. I just felt like something in me was going to fall or tumble free fall or something and that caused me to have that fear again so you could yeah give me some information about that you've kind of unpacked it haven't you so existence the idea that you exist that's that's the threatening point for you so where and so so when you cranked up the body a belief gave rise to the body giving you that feeling where your heart was racing and it's like, no, no, no. And then, of course, you've got the two things. You've got the belief and you've got your body firing up an emotional response or a chemical response, at least. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, then it's got you. Then it's got you, you know? Because this reality then is the volume has gone up on what's happening here. You see? So somehow it feels unsafe. The idea of existence being just an idea. Why? Like in a hundred years' time, will Tracy exist? Not in this form. I don't have the truest answer to that, though. Okay. Okay, she won't exist in this form. I'd go along with that. So, um... So, 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 what, what other forms are available for her? 
I don't know. I mean, I don't think Tracy would exist as a personality, definitely not, but maybe some essence or maybe it ties into that concept of that joy because that joy doesn't happen to a person. It's just life with a capital L. So what if life as we know it was to completely cease? I'm sure there was a time before life. There would be a time after life. Where were you before and where would it be after? I don't know, but that conceptually uh, brings something up for me where that, even the term of nothingness, it's, that sounds like a negative to me. I mean, sometimes I can understand nothingness as pure potentiality, but nothingness being like a void or a negation of life, I'm not sure what to do with that. So when something is gone, like when you are gone, are you telling me that you will miss yourself? I don't know. I think if I'm gone, I won't. There won't be a me to know that I'm gone. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then where lies the problem with when you won't exist? Or is it just a problem for the one who thinks she's in, she exists? But when she really doesn't exist, there's, the problem is gone with that, with the one who thought yeah, okay. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I think that the feeling of not existing, it's the personality. Because when in the meditation, I feel like I don't have the right words. Not that it makes sense, but like it's I'm in that. Not I, but it, yeah. it's yeah. hard to explain. Well, so I know the I'm going with that, the flow. Everything is flowing and then all of a sudden with the existence uh, concept that feels to me like uh, like the bottom's falling out of something yes yeah so I'm guessing so, that's the ego that's the so your mind has set up an idea anticipating what it would be like when it doesn't exist yeah but it's anticipation. Mm-hmm. So you're believing the anticipation and you're making it an experience. Mm-hmm. It's working. Mm-hmm. It's working. Because it's bringing your attention and it's making you stall in the process of seeing right. that actually prior to existence is, oh, okay, I get that too. You see? Mm-hmm. So, so it's working. It's pulling you back into the phenomenon. But it's only anticipation of an idea that actually won't won't have anything to stick to when existence itself is seen through. Right. So is that pattern something that runs through your life? Does the anticipation of something play on you? No? You're pretty present? Yes, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like it has a few legs. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
dwelling on something before it happens. Feels like there's a pattern in your thinking there mm-hmm. that that would be um, better served to like, okay, actually just, just be more present rather than going off and imagining. Like mm-hmm. less fantasy, be it positive or negative, just less fantasy. There's a place for fantasy, but not here. Okay. <laughs> not with this kind of work. Okay? So what I'm hearing you say is that when we have something come up for us and there's, like, you know, whether it is that, like, you know, what existence is bringing up for me or any other trigger, that that is the thing to go into and see if that's what's showing up in our consciousness. Yes. Then... It's showing up in our life somehow, and behind that is a thought or a belief that we should get to the core of. Yes. Yes. Sometimes it doesn't have such a strong root in our life that it's literally um, a place we never explored before, a frequency we never explored before. And so more more hidden thoughts like I don't have control the show will be over this means death it could be just that these isolated beliefs are up to be throttled (laughs) to be seen through either way it's about dismantling it so sometimes it has support in your phenomenal life because the thinking pattern is invested there sometimes it doesn't Sometimes it's just like, gosh, there, there, there is an idea of no control out there, but actually, I'm not too concerned about the controller of my phenomenal life, but shoot, when I'm, back, when I'm back there, that's where the controller is. That's where my controller is, you see? So sometimes it's anchored in life and sometimes it doesn't. It, it doesn't have legs there. Okay. Yeah? Okay. So the level of self-awareness we need to have is quite deep. We've got to be able to figure that out for ourselves, you know? Because we can, we can oh, no, no, I've, I've, I've shifted through any belief systems, I can go right back. But actually, we're, we're acting out from the opposite perspective in our life. So it's like, okay, you going back is just conceptual, actually. You haven't gone into the frequency, the, the actual zone of where that is true. You see? Mm-hmm. And that's why spirituality can be just conceptual. Look in somebody's regular life and you'll find out. Is it authentic or is it just conceptual spiritual shifts? You see, you can't leave a messy mind behind. You can't. So that's why I'm thinking, mm, I think you might find some tendrils of this in, in your own thinking. I think it feels like it's just there's more to it than, than the idea of existence, the anticipation itself. So the roller coaster, you know, you're you're at the the high end of a roller coaster and zipping off. What's wrong with that? What's the danger there? Not having control. It's just scary. And what's what do you, you think you've got control? <laughs> <laughs> I like to pretend like I have control yeah. sometimes. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. 
So I need you to see that, yeah, my mind wants to imagine it's in control sometimes, but I have another lens of perception that recognizes I don't choose a darn thing. Need you to have both so that there's no denial of either. Because in the phenomenal world, of course, we have control. Of course we have. It sounds like, you know, it feels like I have control to say we're going to have a coffee break right now or wait another hour or have none at all. Yeah, sure. And phenomenally, of course, they're the laws that are valid now in the dualistic world. It does appear like I have control. I have access to another lens of perception who knows that absolutely I have no control at all. That whatever is going to roll out will be imagined by my mind that I thought about it, but from my other lens of perception, I know I didn't make any of those decisions about whether or not I'm going to have a coffee break. <laughs> I don't know right now. Phenomenally, I don't know if we're going to have a coffee break or not for the rest of the afternoon. But I could tap into the other part that says, oh yeah, 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 I, I can see how it rolled out. I can even go ahead of time and see what did happen this afternoon. Do you see? So, so it's around access to these different levels of perception at will. If you're not stuck to anyone, of course. Of course, the entire bandwidth is open to you all the time. But as long as we believe a story, we contract into that perspective, that's the world that's playing, and now we suffer. It feels darn awful to plug into some kind of contractual position if you have lost all reference points to truth. Can you find the place of where you know you've no control? Do you know the place of no free will? I'm not sure that I tap into that mm -hmm. a lot, but I do have, uh, I guess, an understanding and experiences that substantiate that idea that there's no, like things are just happening automatically. And it kind of brings up something else that you said last night about don't give your power away to like a God outside of you. <coughs> Could you touch upon that a little bit? Because you kind of said it kind of quick related <coughs> to something else, but I think that ties in. That ties in for you. The external power and free will are linked up for you. That's what you're telling me. Wow. That's an interesting wiring. Does that feel right that they're linked up? That's, I just want to make sure I have... I, I, I'm trying to find you. <laughs> um, I think they're in contrast. I think that sometimes I feel in control or I want to be in control... And other times I understand that everything is happening automatically and it's in, yeah, it's out of my control. Yeah. And, you know, being in that flow with life and, and trusting that it's unfolding. And so, where has the external authority a part in that picture? I like to have control, and there's flow where you're looser and. and you can see that there's, oh, there's, a, there's a driver someplace else. What, what, where is the external authority then? I guess the flow is that there's a, you know, yeah. being in harmony with that divine mind that not yeah. my personal will, but something greater than yeah. me. Yeah. 
So when personal will is active, is it aligned with that divine will? Or does it kind of reroute divine will and do the Tracy agenda? Reroutes. Aha. There we go. So so you know better than God? I'm literally like. Does does the personality at that point think it knows better than God? I think it's not thinking about that, it's just feeling that I have control about this thing right in front of me. There's something I need to do or make happen. Okay. There are some times when the divine will is, when the flow is making you take action. Mm -hmm. But you're not talking about those situations. Right. Yeah. Okay, very good. All right. And I try to be in that place of, you know, like you said, check in with that authentic part of you when making a decision. So I guess when it's bigger things, it's like, okay, I need to make a decision to tap into that. But I think the other part is maybe just a, yeah. the ego believing I have control yeah. and I need to get up today and do these things. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you've identified times of when you need to feel your own potency, your own power. Alright. You see, the thing is, when, when. You know what a lot of people do on the spiritual path? Is that instead of going through that and finding out what that's about, they dismiss it. And a false humility comes in, which is actually full of victim. Do you see? <clears throat> We, 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 we can't get away with anything. <laughs> Nothing. It's like, it's, it's very thorough. You know, every little grain is like, what's up to that? What's up to that? I really like that you know, yeah, I'm, I'm rerouting the natural flow here. I'm rerouting. So in some way, the ego is saying, ah, let me feel powerful here. Let me, let me dictate what's right and true and proper. Because invariably, it's, it's choosing against divine will and saying, not thy will, but mine. You know, and I'm allowed to do it and you don't know crap. So that kind of thing is underneath it. Okay. The part of you that wants to feel that potency, that's where we go. There's something there that needs resolution. When is there powerlessness, phenomenal powerlessness? Because it's some feeling like powerlessness or not having your own autonomy, not having your needs met. That's what it is. When you're not having your needs met, it turns into that for you. That's the experience before you make shit happen. Your way. It's about you not having your needs met. Now, now your, your needs are probably divided into two camps. You're looking after your own needs, and then those close to you being involved in a give or take, a give and take. It's in two parts, and it's probably a mixture of both. I think you've got both going on. That, that you know, digging into your closest one or two relationships to see, do I... They override my needs, I let them, I'm training them to override my needs, what's going on? I'm not expressing my needs, what's going on? I'd like you to look at that in your closest relationships. 
but also around what are my needs and do I respond to them. We need your autonomy to increase another bit. That's what's underneath the need to, you know, the layer, the layer, the layer, the layer that comes up around, uh, I need to exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is the part that says, let me live, let me live, because my needs aren't being met, so my survival is, is under pressure here. And that's turning right into the fear of not existing, because it's the existence. It, it, see, it's just mirroring not having your needs met. And that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a child, I was powerless, and I handed my power over and tried to please others. So that is spot on. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. So there's some residue of that play yeah. yeah. With yourself and in your relationships. So you've got two packets of work to do there. Do them separately, you know? Yeah. It, it would be better for you to start off with your relationships, because I'd love you to start expressing what your needs are. And from there, you'll be able to weed out, oh, actually, I could do that for myself. Why do I imagine you could do that for me? Hmm. You know? It, so it'd be easier for you to look after your own needs when you hear yourself saying what your needs are and what's going on underneath when you voice your, 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 your requests. You know? Oh, that's me having a dig, actually, at somebody. Or that's me demanding something. Okay, okay, that's my childhood stuff. All right. Uh, you know? I want you to weed through it like that. Make sense? Yes. Yeah. Perfect sense. Sure. Thank you. Great. Welcome. Yes. This gentleman and this woman were there from before lunch. Mahesh of the microphone, ma'am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this woman in the front. Oh, was Paula as well? Right here. This lady. Oh. This woman in the middle front. This from before lunch. Yeah. You know, I'm questioning, but I really wonder. I'm completely confused today. Okay. That's yeah. all right. Um, Isn't it? Is it all right to not know? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. It seems this. Kind of depends. Okay. Um, Yesterday I felt like I don't want to go back into all those stories. And we're talking about softening. And so maybe we can start with that for a moment, but there's another okay. piece. Um, <laughs> a good opportunity to look into that, because yesterday I was here with my husband, and he did not leave as a happy camper. And I know that can happen, and uh, so he went into his story, yeah. which um, tends to trigger me, like, big time. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, so I had to kind of look at it. Oh, I have to put this softening into practice like right away. Yes. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was somewhat different. So I was, um, so I guess I can see where that is going. It doesn't seem to be always easy, but that's a good factor. Yeah. Currently. Okay. Yeah, there's a part that's having a really hard time with a person close to me having this very dense energy. Having hot energy? The very dense energy. A very dense energy. Yeah. Yes. And um, 
I'm just struggling with that a little bit. So let me speak about. Do you need them to be different to who they are? Mm-hmm. For my mom, I related very much to a story earlier where I could see actually the tears came and I'm like, oh, I can see something that's, I guess, um, I will have to accept and that started happening inside. It's like, I will have to accept that this is what it is and... Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, for my loved one, I do know him differently as well. I do know him. We all have layers and I do know him to be also in a very different place that's very loving and fun and very wise and that's what I really too much better for sure. I mean that's the reason why we're still um, together. Yes. And um, lately there's something else and I do find it very, very hard to um, deal with that. Yes, I would wish this this part to be different. So okay. I don't know whether that's an, a need or not. I, I don't know how to say this so that I can, can see okay. the parts. Can you let a change come in your relationship? Staying together, but a change in how you relate? I guess that's not a question. It seems like it's happening. Okay. And are you? can you be more okay with it? Don't We all get to kind of recognize that, shoot, i got to do this spiritual path alone. I can go to bed with somebody, I can have coffee with somebody, and in either case, absolutely talk and share intimate spiritual experiences and have them meet me, but I'm doing it alone. I'm doing it alone. So... Being with somebody who's not on the same type of spiritual path or not on the spiritual path at all or pushing against the spiritual path, there can often be grief because we were walking with somebody and you're letting go of the relationship that was. So allowing yourself to change and for God to have you, you know, your deepest self to have you and for you to go home You'd be doing that without anybody. And that's natural. That's natural. And then how to live with somebody and be with, married to somebody and still be alone in it. There's no textbook on that. We have to learn how to do that. You know? And it doesn't mean disconnected. It just means that the relationship is giving something else. The relationship turns into being something for our spiritual growth in a new, deeper way. And the rest, rather than being in the arms of your loved one, the real rest is inside. It becomes not enough what your spouse can give you. It becomes not enough. But if we continue to demand more from them, of course, then it won't work. Then it won't work. You guys have split up. So, because we go this alone, it's like, okay, I, I, I need to disconnect, 
but I still give to this relationship. I still make it work. I, you know, because a relationship, like, there is you, there's him, and then there's a relationship. There's three things, you know? <laughs> so you're looking after you, you're looking after him, but then you've got to feed into a relationship, to spend time together, to share together, to have common values. You know, there's, there's that thing. So it's like, it, for me it feels like, yeah, there has to be like an intentional support that I invest in that, like I, like I take care of the plants in the, in the garden. You know, I take care of my relationship. It's the same thing. I, I tend to it. You know, uh-huh. can it give me what I really need? I know not at all. I have to arrange that for myself. You know, but it complements. That's also part that wants to kind of help him, and I guess that's completely misplaced. If you help yourself he'll pick it up by osmosis or he won't. But you'll allow him more autonomy. You know? Mm-hmm. Allow him a bit more autonomy. Because I'm suspicious. The part of you that wants to help him, it feels like there's an agenda in there. Actually, if he walked with me, it would be a lot easier for me too. I can't feel that, but that's probably true. Yeah. 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 So it might be having a conversation saying, you know, let's figure this out. Something's changing. I, I, I want to go deeper inside. I want, it made sense to me what was spoken of last night. And if that's not your path, that's totally fine. We don't have to have this part going in parallel. We, we just have to both be committed to the relationship. But my spirituality might go off in another direction. And, and I'm okay with that. And let's respect each other's spiritual paths if they're different. Sometimes the conversation can really help. Yeah, we usually can talk. So there was, I, I guess it's more about me realizing, okay, maybe I'm shifting or whatever it is. And so this, this is different. This it's kind of a little bit stunning because we have done a lot of spiritual stuff together as well, and he has always supported me with that. So there was no difference. Kind of, you know, we, we, we sit, meditate, morning evenings, whatever. We do those things together. So it's kind of it's a little bit yeah. It's something I'm, I, I just agree with. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of grief. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you gotta let yourself feel that, you know, because. Here's your chance. Your phase of going alone is beginning. That's beautiful. That has to happen. The phase of going it alone. But it doesn't mean you're not in a relationship. It's about detaching from him and becoming more autonomous. And of course he's going to react to it. Of course. Of course he is. It's just that he's miserable. You know, that whatever part kicks in, I wants to fix things. Yeah. 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 And it might be a case of, like, I'll help you, but you'll have to ask me. I'm not going to fix you anymore, but if you ask me, I'll come in. <laughs> yes, I've been offering a lot of unsolicited advice. Sorry? 
I have been offering a lot of unsolicited advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your agenda. That's your agenda, and that doesn't allow him to be in command of his path. Yeah, that's your agenda. Some part of you knew that you were you were going to, at some point, have to go alone. You just arrived at that place first. You know. So the timing is right for you, and it mightn't seem right for him. That's all right. But yeah, I wouldn't give any more unsolicited advice because it's like, yeah, just a little more separation there. Separation in your togetherness, you know? It's a healthy thing. It's like, I'll help you, I'll help you, I see you're suffering. I'll help you, but you've got to ask for it. Help him to mature too, you know? Anything else? There's a lot of fear. A lot, a lot of fear when... When it comes to... Um, well, I've played small all my life, so um, I have been... I don't know, I have a very kind of menial job, and I'm not very happy with that. I come from a different country, I held a very different position where I was, so that's a story I've heard. Um, um, that people were talking about it earlier, um, that you get killed, or have, I have been, I know, yes. I have experiences. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's there. Yeah, the trauma is yeah. still there. Yeah. Very much. And that I cannot easily, you know, other stories, that's what we were talking about yesterday. I'm like, oh yeah, I can let that go without having to go there. I can see that and I can see where this, um, you know, softening and all this stuff comes in. I can at least see it. Um, but with this part, I'm like, I'm so stuck in the story um, that I don't know what you need to do. There's very little, you know, with all this, this yes, I can see myself kind of, uh, I can see that for a moment, I can see that fearful part, and then boom, at that. And it's like so gripping that it seems like nothing else. It, it seems like all the rest is an illusion. Even if knowing that that's not the case, it just kind of gets me every time. Gets every time. Yeah. Trauma's very active. Very. Yeah. 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 I would get support for that. Somebody who's shit hot at doing trauma release work. Is it safe this lifetime? I don't. So. <laughs> you're, you're able to find it. And you might be able to find it for the, the person who's releasing it from your body. You'll be able to find it. You know? If they want to like, I'll give you a story from, I really would like, can you just listen to my body? But, you know, this, this story was secondary. Can, can I find it without talking about it and can let, and then, and then we start doing the work. Do you see? So then, you, then you can go in to whatever time it is and the therapist is about releasing the trauma that's alive for you as you're reliving it. Do you see? They're about releasing, okay. It doesn't matter that it's from another time. There's a way to work around that. 
Because when you access it yourself, it's alive now, in that moment, in that present, and that's what needs to be released. Do you see? So even if the source of it is from another time, you don't let that be a problem for a therapist, for somebody who to, to hold the space and release it for you. Don't let that be an issue. It's not an obstacle. It's like I can access it right now. Might be a little bit unorthodox where it came from, but I can access it right now. And if you show the therapist where to go, they'll be okay. Do you know? That works. A lot of trauma people are familiar with trauma from other times anyway. Good ones are. But I totally see another reason of why it's so important for your husband to walk the path with you. Because he can be your protector, energetically. And for you to separate, you're more exposed. You know? So there's that too. So it makes perfect sense that this is arising at the same time. It's like if you're walking this path alone inside you, then you have to face, I'm vulnerable and I can be destroyed. Because my protector, my protector isn't going to be here. You see? So... Well done. You can see that the two of them are, are together. One is supporting the other. One is keeping the other one safely in. You see? But it's been bubbling and bubbling and bubbling, and here it is. You know it's only memory. It's only memory. It's only memory. And your memory is interpreting danger now, which mightn't be there at all. You see? So that lens of perception is what we need to heal. So that you see things as they are, rather than interpreting them as dangerous. I think I'm just kind of unhappy with the fact that I can't do it alone. I think it's I think it's much easier for you to do it with somebody else and I'd love to see you trusting somebody to hold you I think this would be a good thing to that process itself <laughs> doesn't make me happy yeah yeah there's two layers to it is it really dangerous to have somebody else support you in this way? It might be. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. And then just plain finances are another part of it. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Do you believe you can shift it? Do you know that you can shift the, 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 the trauma of being murdered because of honouring who you are? Do you believe you can shift it? All right.
do you know that that history does not need to replay, replay itself again? So why are you imagining that it might? What I'm picking up is that there's a high probability that it could go wrong. Like, and here's a convenient obstacle. There isn't enough money for it. And here's a convenient obstacle. I might find somebody who, who's comfortable with zipping in and out of back past lives. It's like, hmm, hmm. I'd like to see it a bit more open of like, I'm so done with this old trauma. I'm so done with it. Then the universe says, oh, okay, here you are. Here you are, sweetie. Here's the means and here's the right person. There you go. But at the moment, the obstacles are very strong. So I'm putting money on the fact that there's a strong belief that even if I take a step towards healing this, same thing could happen again. That's what I'm picking up. It could go wrong again. I wasn't aware of that. So that's why the obstacles are coming into your reality. Because you need to block it, because shit, it might work out this time either. That's the belief. And that's why you can't separate from it, because with that belief being strong, your system is using it to keep you alive. So we need the belief to be really strong, because if the belief isn't there, you'll definitely get killed. You see? So this is why when that story comes up, you've like distance for a second and then fall. Because there really is a belief this can still happen to me. You see? You see? <laughs> when you see it that way, it's kind of fascinating. Yes! Yes! You're getting some distance. Well done. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Well done. Yeah, it's a construct. It's a construct to, 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 to hold you, to hold you back, hold you back, hold you back. And the way you think it, it's like, um, like a vicious circle. Yes. It kind of feeds on itself, so there's no way to, to get out of it. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's the loop that has you. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic that you can see it at that distance. Well done. So let's let it break, huh? Like, yeah, why can I not have my my sword back? <laughs> it would be about time to kind of... Good for you, girl. Claim it. More of that power, please. More of that power. Take your sword back. Why can't I have it back? There is nobody holding it from you. You're just not taking it. Because you're like, I might get killed. It's safer to leave it over there. Take it back. Breathe in your power. Something is happening here. Breathe in your power. Enough for the other pattern. Enough. Let it be gone.
It's better. How are you doing? You're good? Yeah. It felt like a lot of light coming in. Yes. It's like my vessel, but the, yes. kind of the image. rest for now? Super. All right. Super. Good. You're very welcome. On the theme of past lives. To this gentleman. Oh, sorry. Was there a queue? One, one up. Oh, okay. We'll be right back. Okay. 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 I've lost the sequence. Oh, no, did you have your hand up ages ago? I did, but it's... It's gone again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, Mike. I want to cycle back to the meditation, two meditations. For me, morning meditation was much stronger than the afternoon one. Yes. I had very difficult time coming out of the morning medication. I did not want to come out, I just wanted to stay there. It took me a little longer to get there in the afternoon, but the same story. Ah. I had very difficult time coming out of it. I'm still back there in a certain <laughs> sense. Yes. I just wanted to share that with you. Yes, but you're functioning. Yes. I'm really glad that you're still back there. Yeah. But you're able to function. Yeah. Mahesh said at lunchtime, I really didn't want to come back, you know, or, or some break time. <laughs> Coffee break, I think, in the middle of the morning. And um, I was like, ah, okay, okay. I'll do the meditation again. And so that's, that's what brought up the idea of do it, but leave most of yourself behind. Like get used to like 10% of what you are functions. That, that was just a figure I came up with myself. It's like, it's like a portion of me. A portion of me is enough to run the Jack story. Just a portion. Yeah. And Yes. Yeah. Now, if, if you can find the percentage that works for you, and the figure is just useful in my head for 90% and 10%, that's my figure. It's not based on anything else except Jack's imagination. And so, so 90% and 10% function here. Okay. And I'm sure people would prefer, my beloved included, that I'd be like 25% here because I could, you know, remember where I bought the car and things like that would be very good. So, you know, I'm, I'm just not here at the time. I'm just not. So I go, what? What? Well, how, how does that work again? There's a lot of that, but frankly, I'm here. So, okay. So the 90% and 10%. If you can find what, what feels healthy for you, then the I don't want to come back should die off. Otherwise, the I don't want to come back is about something else. Why would there be a rejection of playing in manifestation? When you can stretch the whole bandwidth, it's like it's, um, it's natural. It's the right order. It's the way it works. You've pulled back the Wizard of Oz uh, veil, curtain. And you see how it works. And there's no either or or preference. So that's the thing. It's like, hmm. It's the range from back there to here in the present. What about the range? The range. I mean, the whole range of things. But back there is one part of it, the other. And being here is the other part. Yes. What you're suggesting, if I hear you correctly, is that work with the whole range, not yes. just part of it. Yes, it's not an either-or. 
Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Jack. Hi. So uh, I haven't really had the opportunity to talk with other teachers in the non-duality camp about this because many of them don't want to deal with this sort of thing. So um, after an awakening that happened to me 28 years ago, give or take, um, a lot of doorways opened that had been mostly closed prior to that time. And some of the information that came through those open doorways was about past lives. Other things too. Yes. But it seems like that's what's up today. Right. So, um, ones that I can remember, I think the one previous to this, was living in, in London and being an alcoholic mm -hmm. in that life mm -hmm. and being a barrister. Mm -hmm. And... Um, some point prior to that, uh, being in the Catholic Church, being a monk, and having awakening there as well, talking about it, and yeah, they didn't like that in the 1500s, 1600s. I don't have a biography yet, but yeah. the outlines of it are pretty clear. Yeah. Prior to that. That's more or less what the question is about. Because I don't think I was human. Not an animal either. Right. Yeah. Self-aware. Yeah. Some sort of space-faring culture. Somewhere. Space? Faring. Going out. Traveling between okay. stars. Okay. But in this galaxy? I don't even know that. Mm. Uh, but it feels like, yeah, and there's a lot of energy connected with this, but I can't... Which one? The, this, the, the, the one, the... The non-physical. Well, not here. Yeah. Not this planet. Yeah. There's, um, whenever I start to approach it, there's a lot of energy, but there's also, like, grief. Okay. Of losing whatever that was. And it, it's kind of like, um, I, I think, the life as a monk, I was a newbie here. And I didn't know what the rules were and how dangerous it could be here if you start talking in the wrong context. And apparently I did. And I was told to shut up, and I didn't. So, but that prior life, that's what I want to dig into here. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of what's holding me back is also in there, too. Okay. There's something that's not seen yet. Okay. And that's what I want to explore here. Okay. Okay. So the one where you weren't on the planet... Not on this one, no. Yeah. Were you on the planet? Yes. Okay. Did you have a physical form? I believe so. Was it 3D? Was it, was it? Yeah, but I can't picture it. Yeah. There's no image of it. Yeah. And maybe they didn't see the way we do. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I need you to talk a little. You're on. You're on it. You're following the thread. I need you to talk a little more so I can find it. Okay. Yeah, and the energy is coming again. Yes. Like, yeah. So some of it's trapped in there. Yes. In that past. That's right. That's right. This, this place feels very primitive. Yes. Here. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> it is. We still, you know, kill each other for, for, for saying wrong thing. Just, for territory, for ideas, oh, for other stupidity. Listen, we're, we're just monkeys with clothes <laughs> Yes, this is very primitive. And that's why so many beings from so many other dimensions are constantly, constantly trying to support us. Because we're as thick as crap. Really, we are. Really. It's so dense here. There's, and that's why there's this celestial support all the time. It's like, yeah, of course. And we still don't freaking get it. We're just self-destructing now. That's where we're at now. That's what it feels like. And then part of that is where everything comes from. Yes. <coughs> yes. So maybe that's really the question. Not really. There's another little piece to, to talk. I want you to talk from that piece of energy on another planet. I want you to talk from there. What does it have to say? So the unblocking. That being has something that needs to be voiced here. That's what the block is. It has the microphone, literally. Don't edit it. Don't bring in your human brain. Let it do its thing. And sacred space, all right? Giving all that up, very difficult. And places that glowed by their own light. It's not the way they are here, but the sky was different. Can you see some of it? Yes. You're giving me a doorway. Yeah. Somehow, um, post-technological in a way, like they've gone through that phase and, and perfected it, and then said, "Okay, mostly we don't need this." Different worlds, seen from orbit. Beautiful. Beauty in a way that we we, we don't get. It doesn't match. <laughs> the flicker of it here. And then missing it, that's the worst part. Because yes. I'm here now. Sometimes that energy comes through me when I'm interacting with people, particularly talking about 
what we talk about here. Uh, it's been, it seems, seems like it's happening more recently. I'd like to integrate it more with the man that's here now. Um, but in an in embodied way that's logical and, and safe for you. You okay. know? The energy of, of that knowing is all that needs to be there. There in that physical form. The energy of it. That will have better chance to be, to, to add something to here. Speaking about it will be less rare, but you'll find even in your normal conversation that the light from that place will be floating on top of your words, floating on top of the sound, because that's kind of how you communicate it. You know, it's like things, information just flows on the waves, you don't even need to speak, it just flows on the waves, but you still have that ability when you talk about, I like a, a, a decaf flatty or something. On top of it, you can put the energy from the other dimension. It's happened yeah. at times. I've seen that, yeah, okay. Uh, talking, uh, there was an instance when I was talking about, I used to install uh, equipment, and I was talking about plumbing, and it just started... I didn't mention though to the person I was talking to. They felt it. I saw that, but I was—I got—I wasn't supposed to tell them what it was. Yes. yes. So it, it, it surfaces. It surfaces. Yeah. Yeah. The safest way is for it to come out in your speech because that's—that's that's how you know to do it from the other side, from the other place. You know. The the your human brain that that contrasts. I, I suppose I'd like you to find a place of more of more like, hey, you know, that's how it is. This is an intense space. It really might deconstruct itself and destroy itself. Or it might just pull through and do a turnaround. Hey, you know what? That's the roll of the dust. Clearly I'm still here, despite all those other yes, times. Yes, but it's around shifting. The preference, the, the, for you as a man, you, you, the, the, that place is better than this. That has to go. Ah. That's a perception of the man. That, that perspective doesn't exist in the other place. Doesn't. And it's interfering with, with the... That wasn't higher than this. Yeah. In a manner of speaking. Just different ways, different eras, different dimensions, it's how they... Different expression. Different expression. And for those of us who can cross over the expressions, if we compare and contrast, we, we've lost the wider view, because we're going here, and you know? That's, that's a clear illustration. You see? You see? So that perspective is our human brain. I want... That doesn't exist there. So in that way, yes, it is higher. But the thing is to heal your human brain that something better can happen. This is to be improved on. Do you see? Yeah. That perspective is part of our problem here. And if you can shift that here, you're shifting it for more than yourself. You're putting a crack in a glass ceiling. 
which is part of the collective consciousness here that keeps us stuck. Of this planet. Of this yes. planet. That's the thing you need to bring here. Do you see? Yeah. Breaking that subtle layer of higher, lower, and it's a shame, and it could be so much better, and it's like, hold on, that's the problem, that's the problem. That's your version of something outside of there, the new car, the new house, that's another version of the same thing. It's just someplace else in that glass ceiling. You see? But you're breaking it from a very fine frequency place, which is what we need. Yes. Closer to the engine room of what creates that frequency that humankind is locked into. Yeah, 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 smash that. Yeah, but you have to use the light from that other place. That, that's okay. what you need to do. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Ivan. My name is Melena. Melena. Yes. Um, nice. I. I'm, I'm gonna, I just in my brain when he, I'm gonna try to formulate this question the best of my possibility and I might need assistance. Um, when he brought up prior lives, I resonate with that the most out of everything we've talked about this whole time. I was here last night, I've been here throughout the day. Um, I myself have definitely have had many previous lives, either on this planet or not on this planet. Um, I don't know specifically. Um, how many not on this planet, but I do know that I have been on this planet many times. Um, I think mostly as a male. I think this might be my first or second time as a female. In this life, um, I've had, I've had, it's, it's, it's hard for me to be a female. Um, and when I was first born, I was baptized, and by the woman who baptized me, she said she's an old soul. So from day one, I have always felt okay. I've always felt safe. From two years old, I always had my diaper and you know ready to go out the door, and no one needed to help me. Um, I guess in a way, my question would, is how. How do we find the balance of the masculine and the feminine if it's if you try but you you feel more masculine but you are in a feminine body? I haven't really found that yet. And this year I, I put the intention of that I was going to surround myself by feminine, and so that's what happened. I'd always be surrounded by women. But I got reminded by a girlfriend recently, she's like, Well, Melena, you still need to you're not being feminine enough, though. Like, you're surrounding yourself by the feminine energy, but where is your feminine energy? And I said, I don't know. And I don't know where to find that. And I thought that it would help surrounding myself by feminine energy, but it, it has not. And I think my in my past, of the last 10 years, the feminine energy was to be promiscuous, to be on all honesty. Um, I thought that giving up the body was that that's being feminine. That's feminine. But what I was doing was I was searching for it, I guess, in, in a way that I, sh in a different way than you know, than being true to myself. And I do feel like I resonate so much with what he was saying was that I, every day I feel like I've been on this planet a lot already, and 
I try to bring the feminine energy, but I don't know how to. I don't know what even that means. <laughs> Are you calling in the feminine energy because you're in a female body? Or for another reason? Maybe out of fear, I guess, out of, out of uh, probably out of other reasons, out of fear. That if, I, that if I don't act like a female, then society doesn't think I'm a female. Mm -hmm. Even though on the outside I look like a female, but I don't feel that way. Why don't we honor that? Your body is female, but you don't feel female. Why don't we honor what, what's authentic for you? I guess because I guess I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> what does that mean, though? Yeah. What, what does that mean? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Making it up as you go along. What's the most authentic movement within, within me now? And the part of you that's looking for the male-female balance of all that, it's like, okay, chuck it, chuck it. No labels. I don't care what it looks like outside. Don't care at all. If this is the movement that honors me, this is the movement that happens. This is the action, this is the place I go, this is what I say, this is what I do. If this moves me. If that means changing your sex, fine. Fine. I wouldn't say it's that extreme. I feel strong enough to be the female body, yeah. you know, to not yeah. go that route. But yeah. I feel... But I bring it in because it is, it is you know, the, the ultimate decision. That's, I just bring it in and say, okay, somewhere along that trajectory, right through to a sex change, to a gender change. Right through. Okay. Okay, I'm open to all of it. If you're open to all of it, you'll find what honors you. Whereas if we come in with restrictions and control, you'll just be talking about the same thing in 10 years' time. So you've got to be open to all of it. You see? I say, okay, if that's, where, if that's where this takes me, that's fine. That too, that too. Now, now we find it. I don't feel it's going to go to that, but I think there is something unique that you have to find around what's my authentic expression. And I don't give a heck how it's received out there, how it's interpreted out there, because my gig is to, is to honor this. There are so many different um, uh, points of balance between male and female. And the trouble is, we, we until now have had male and female. Okay, in recent years, thank heaven, we've got a way of embracing intergender, is it? Like both genders in one. We're starting to go there. And of course, it's going to take us ages to actually really recognize what's breaking the glass ceiling and what's an authentic expression of male female where we're not linked into either form. We're only just starting off that. But rather than getting caught in that wave, I don't think you will. If you were a young soul, that's what I'd be talking about. I'd be saying, be careful, be careful, be careful. Don't get caught. There's something out there that you're going to get sucked into. But because you're an old soul, it's like, yeah, I get the physical form. This one just doesn't really match how I feel. It's like, okay, how does this... What? Don't put any pressure on your female form to deliver your image. See how an internal expression shows up through a female form. If it's an internal male expression that operates through a female form, find what that looks like. 
and honor it. I think I found it. I think I just need to honor it. More. Yes. Is what you're reminding me. Yes. Yes, don't make excuses for it, don't look for external acceptance about you accepting it. It doesn't matter of course. People know what you're doing, don't know what you're doing, misinterpret what you're doing, who cares? They'll figure it out, or won't. Thank you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I think um, the soul has no gender. It's neither masculine nor feminine. And I think that I'm sorry that I yeah. I hope it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we live in a world where we are supposed to be conformist within our gender to certain things, expectations, but a lot of young generation kids that are indigo children or whatever, you don't relate so much to the form or the body, you relate more to the soul. <coughs> and the soul really has no gender. It's not any one of those things. So I don't know, just Mm -hmm. I don't know why intuitively mm -hmm. I felt like telling you that. Mm -hmm. That's a huge reminder. Huge reminder. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 The whole male female thing is just part of this planetary human gig. We make it difficult for ourselves. Jack, could you talk a little bit about back in Terranomala when you were kind of deciding whether or not to go all the way with this? Um, and just some of the reservations or where the ego would hold on or I guess the, the cost of you, know, you talk about dying of giving up the joys of the person um, yeah. I knew it wasn't worth it you know, when, so let's say you, you, you go to a party or you meet somebody or you let it rip for the day or something and you totally go into story and you're, you're just hanging out and you've completely like abandoned a wider view of perspective. You know? You're playing the character's game and you're having a juicy day and it's great fun. It kept happening organically that I feel so empty. I've been like, I was just hypnotizing myself. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'd be like, oh no, just just don't break it up, don't destroy it, just let me create a memory. Just give me a memory of like last night, going out last night. Just let me have that. And it's like, I'm asking myself to believe in Santa Claus again. It's like, I can't do it. The, the, the curtain's been pulled back, I can't reconstruct it. When you know something, it's very hard to unknow it. And so it was more that the, the, what, what I was enjoying was seen to be a construct of my mind. I really saw that. It wasn't just a concept. It was like, my God, I'm, I'm really creating all of this so that I can get juice out of the Jack story. And then it became such effort. It's like, nothing supporting, participating in order to have a, a juicy personality time. That phase. Then there was a phase of every time I would follow desire, I would find myself so far back and away from the peace, I would go into craving. So I would have something like, I don't know, a beer, sex, something. I was on my own there, so it would be like just random. And so, so 
we have friends there, but we're always kind of doing our own thing. You know, you don't meet that often. Anyway. Um, so I would find that I'd be like, no, no, I, I actually need physical touch. I am going to shag some stuff. Okay, I, I am. I just need physical touch. I'm going there. And then, like, after two or three days of mad flame, I'd be like, oh, my God. Now I just want more. Now, now I'm in storyland. Oh, my God. Like, my program has completely changed. Someone's put in a floppy disk, as it was in those days. Someone's put in a floppy disk of an entirely different program, and it's hell. Now I just want to be in his way, and I want to... Like, this is hell. I have no interest in running this goddamn story. No. No. Okay, now I have to backtrack out again. So what happened? Okay, desire came up, and I was like, yeah, I really, it makes a lot of sense. I could do it with some touch. Affection would be lovely, and sex would be nice. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, the price, the price is way too high. I am so not doing this. Here I am, stuck in wanting, wanting, wanting. And where's the peace and stillness and the calmness? Where? Shoot. I have to dismantle all of these goddamn bad habits that I've just created over the last weekend to find the peace that was there at the beginning. Okay, so why the heck did I imagine that I wanted touch and a distraction? And affection. Why did I imagine I wanted that? I see you. I see you, mind. I see you. I see what you do. As soon as you're pulling me into the personality and her needs and wants and story-making mechanism and get me sucked in there, you sugarcoat it. You sugarcoat it and it's very nice. It's very nice for a very short time. Very short time. And then it's days of hell, hell, hell and more days of trying to get out of it, trying to get out of it, to get back to where I was when I started. So it's really about dismantling the story-making, the fabric of story-making. It started to dismantle. I couldn't believe it. Just couldn't believe it. And it was breaking by itself because I you know, had spent years in observing and then going deeper, observing and going deeper. But if you can go deeper without observing, great. There's an incremental step there. And so, so I knew in theory that everything that has juice, it's literally a desire for me wanting more until that became the source of such suffering, such suffering. It wasn't worth it anymore. It wasn't worth it. I was just so done with it. I remember being on um, Aruna Chad at one point. Every now and then, you know, somebody would walk up cafe. You know, too, was a kind of a strange place. And somebody would say, I, I, I really know I should give you this. And it's like a stone or a holy medal or, you know, like things, just things happen like this. And if somebody gives it somebody, I'd be like, okay. And I might end up throwing it into a river for them or, you know, or keeping it or, you don't know. It just, you just do what you do. Somebody gave me a stone. And I was like, this darn stone, I have this for weeks, you know. Anyway, I went into one of these desire loops. Getting out of it thinking, okay, now it's just hell. Now I'm just obsessed and I'm fantasizing and I just want sex all the time and this is bunkers. And sex was the real, that was the real sticky one. That was, that was the real sticky one. Um, everything else I could just take or leave, really. Um, but that was the one when I would engage, I'd go right in. I'd go right into storyland and, and like the whole honeymoon phase and chemicals and it's just like, this is bunkers. This takes over every part of my being. Like, I, no, I have to work too hard to find the stillness underneath this. And now I'm believing that this is actually worth it? Really? Really? 
find more better than this. So I had this stone anyway, and I was in the life, okay, I need to find, I need to find peace, I need to find peace. And I walked up Rona Chal and I was hanging out in one of the caves. And then there's a path between Skandasham and Virupaksha, if, if you guys have been there, between the two caves of Rama and Linda. And it's a steep path. And I sat, and I'm like, I don't know whether to go up or to go down. But I go down to this cave, go up to this cave. Do I like go towards the divine? Do I go down towards sex and just go and keep doing this and just freaking torturing myself? Like, what am I to do? Am I going up or down? I'm like, I'm going to sit here until I figure out. And maybe symbolically, you know, I go up or I go down. I don't know. Into sex, up towards the light. I don't know. Sat there, sat there, sat there, sat there. Blazing sun, sat there, sat there, sat there. There's more vegetation growing there now. It wasn't in those days. And eventually, took out the stone, take the stone, and I said, take it, take it from me. I don't ever again want to have sex in my life. If this is the price, take it, take it. And I flung that stone, I'm like, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. The only way I can ensure that I don't get tangled again is to have no part of it at all. I totally get the celibacy thing. I totally get it. They couldn't take it on. I can't take it on either. Jeepers didn't get worse. <laughs> really, it got so bad. So a few months later, I was just in this inner turmoil. I didn't talk to anybody about it because it was my personal war. And uh, it got too hot and too, so I went up to Rishikesh. And I had a fling with an Indian up there. And we went up to Badrinath, way, way up. It's up in the Himalayas, it's six miles from China, Chinese border. And it's, um, it's a sacred site that gets covered by snow because it's so high in the Himalayas. It gets covered by snow for five to six months of the year, depending on climate. And uh, so it's covered in snow, which means all our garbage gets melted away. It's like it's purified with the snow, becomes a silent place. And then it melts again and it opens then for six months of the year and there's a big celebration when it opens and we go up and there's a sacred site there and there's hot springs there, which is kind of extraordinary. And you need to go to the hot springs because you're so cold. So um, I remember going up there and, and because, because I was with this Indian guy, he knew the high priest and I ended up having access to the high priest that was there. And I ended up being pulled in with this inner circle thing in front of the in front of the this this shrine, my whole body, oh God, what's going on now? And shaking and shaking in the heat and the heat and the heat. And came out afterwards. And I'm like, oh God, I this is where I have to leave it. This is where I have to leave it. And I found myself walking around that temple three times and saying, I give it all to you. I just give it all to you. I'm no longer going to fight. I no longer will subscribe to any vows of never again. I need to be smooth in this. Do what you want with this form. Not my will, but thine. But I will no longer ever, ever imagine that desire is worth believing to be worth anything at all. That's what has to go. I have to see the mechanism of desire. Not what desire is offering, but the mechanism of desire itself. It wasn't about sex. Could have been about Coca-Cola. Anything at all. It was the mechanism that my mind went into to imagine that something out there is worth me leaving 
the wider view and trading, experiencing phenomenal life. At that point, I knew, oh God, I, I'm never going to be born again. That's what I'm giving up here. That's what I'm giving up. Because my capacity to engage and believe that I'm a human being is what I'm surrendering. That's what I'm giving up. My capacity to believe that experience is real. So it's like the ability to have both feet in the phenomenal, I left it at that shrine. It wasn't about sex at all. So it's not about the thing we desire, it's about the mechanism that we buy into. It's the thinking process. And it broke, it broke. So it kind of happened on its own, you know, me taking the next step, me taking the next step, but it kind of happened on its own. And that was after awakening. I knew, I knew, desire hasn't burnt out, but, you know, I get caught sometimes, and it's around desire, I get caught. But I know the truth, the truth has been seen, but I knew I was ready to teach. I'm like, nope, got away from desire is completely burnt out here. I, I, no, it's not clean enough. Everything has to be gone. Everything has to be gone. And I know I'll be pulled into deep shed like it or not, but it'll start on its own. You see? So desire doesn't, doesn't have any momentum. doesn't get believed. So it wasn't about the thing that I desired at all. That was the big shift. Can you go more into the mechanism? Go more into the mechanism? Desire. You know how we were like, some of you were, were seeing the frequency of existence or finding a frequency. It's that kind of, you're finding a frequency. And then we put, we put words on it, of course. You're finding a zone, a, a wave. A, it's energetic. It's energetic. And our mind translates it into story. So the only way for me that desire could break down is that I saw the mechanism before my mind turned it into desire, before I translated it as desire. I saw the mechanism. I, I got to taste the mechanism. Oh, shoot, that's the frequency. That's, that's what I'm tuning into. And all my brain can do is turn it into the density that it is, which is, oh, that would be fun. That would be great. That would be nice. Oh, yeah, I deserve a bit of that. Oh, why not? It's just a great experience. Go and have fun. What are you, what are you on this planet for? I mean, all the bullshit stuff that we come up with, you know, to justify uh, adopting a story-making mechanism. So it's like, I see you. I see you. I see what it is. It's a frequency. I made it a story. And the bridge between the two is that feeling of something outside of me can make me feel better, i.e., that's desire. That's desire. Well, then, is that the same desire to stay? Take the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that desire then the same as uh, forming a personal ego? In other words, or making a separate self out of that? Rona said something like the yeah. I, the I thought she did. Desire and the I arises together, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Sure. Sure, but you know, everybody's path is a bit different. And, and yeah, the desire in the eye arises together for a lot of people. For me, I knew that it wasn't real. 
I, I could see the mechanism, I could see it at play, and I thought it was about having all of it or having none of it. I was, you know, it, it wasn't cooked. It just wasn't cooked, the mechanism of what desire was. But even when desire would come up, I knew it was desire. You know, like, there wasn't a person alive, but suffering would happen. And I'd get totally, totally sucked into it in terms of enjoying the experience. And I'd be like, let yourself have it, Jack. Let yourself have it. And that was important. I was like finishing off the person alive. But at the same time, I know someplace that this isn't real. I know it's not real. But, but, but I need to have this experience anyway. You see? This is what it's like when you're straddling the two. When the eye isn't completely solid, but there's enough of it there for you to get sucked in. You see? We've all different varying degrees of how we balance the non-jewel and the jewel, you know, until the believability totally breaks down. But for me, it was the frequency before it became something that could be activated and interpreted by my brain. It's like, follow that, believe that. What? That's a freaking frequency that my brain is turning into story. No, not going there. No. Hypnotized by what? A frequency? Like. Well, then that's true for any story. Yes, it's true for every story. But I was wired to see the frequency, to, to detect the frequency. And it's kind of one of the ways I work now, you know, is I'm, I'm kind of finding you energetically, you know? So, I mean, that might work for some people, it might not, I don't know. You know? Well, I've, I've always considered mind is the urge to move. Mind is the urge to move. Yeah. That seems how it works with me. And does movement have an origin in some place other than mind? <laughs> Ever. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. At least there's no ready answer for that. It's... Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to do this exercise, which I'm sure I've said to you before, is like go into meditation and stay there until pure consciousness moves through you. You did that lowest one time, didn't you? Do you remember? And, and I remember Lois telling me this, and then she said, no, mine just said, no, I want to, for example, a cup of tea. And she gets up and makes a cup of tea, and it's like, darn, the first movement came from mind. But stay there. Don't follow the first movement. And see if something moves your body other than mind. Excluding getting up and going to the bathroom. You know, I mean. <laughs> That's an urge from someplace else that your mind would co-opt. But I'm talking about the urge from of pure consciousness. It's a really interesting thing to do. Don't move at all. Just don't move. Even if it's lying in bed, it's like no, this form will only move when it's moved by something else other than an idea shifting into action. Okay. Mm. Mm. It's a great exercise. The two women. Just, oh, just for a second. Yes, and of course. I was noticing some grief come up as I was tapping into what you're saying about just this body and the joys of it and surrendering that. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. Let it become not good enough. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm committed. I'm going. Mm. So that's why the grief came up. It's like, oh, we're going there? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is what you mentioned about 30 minutes ago. But um, I have a, I just am confused right now between spaciousness and spaciness. Because um, I remember even in both cultures, um, in J Japan, they would say, stop being so boy out, you know, like that. And then here it's like, oh, he's just a space cadet. So, and, 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 you know, my, the interpreting was great because I didn't have to, I mean, I was using a mechanism in my mind, yeah. but, I, I mean, I got away from myself, and and I remember as a child going to these piano lessons, and when I was in trance, I would play perfectly. Yeah. As soon as I remembered I was in this body, yeah. that's when um, yeah, the teacher got upset. <laughs> so um, so so there was always that thing with my parents that I have to keep my mind. You know, sharp and active, and and running, and and so I've been doing that. But frankly, I'm getting tired of it. Right. And so I think I. So could you explain this whole thing to me? Okay. So first of all, spaciousness is different to spacey. It's basically that stuff. And spaciousness is how some people experience the non-dual, pure consciousness, that, that state of oneness. Mm -hmm. And it's just a sense of spaciousness, mm -hmm. like vast, wide, open stuff. Okay? That's fine. Mm -hmm. Spaciness means not grounded, not fully in your body. Mm -hmm. At some point in the awakening story, it needs to be embodied. Now, what you know is that when you're spacey, you play the piano beautifully. And when the program of me, myself, I comes in, turbulence starts. That's a messy mind. Because that's being self-conscious or being aware, and it's like these are things we need to heal. That's the messy mind. One way is, sure, to you know forget about the messy mind and go back to being spacious, but you, 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 you will never have a deep awakening because you're just avoiding the messy mind. We need pure consciousness to penetrate every part and to resolve and heal the messy mind too. That's kind of more authentic and honest. You see? So, it's about, for you, a bit, being a bit more grounded. Being a bit more grounded. You know what might be an interesting exercise? Is to imagine that your feet go like three feet into the ground, way down, that the bottom of your body ends way down, subterranean, whatever it is. Subterraneous, yeah, thank you. So shoot energy down from your feet that your body, your body doesn't stop until three feet down. It's your whole body, it's not just roots. I need your body to go down. 
Do you see? Because you're, yeah, I, I, I just, I, something clicked when you said that, Good. because um, it's only recently that I realized I want to be here. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because when you're half out, you're only not really fully here anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You see, you see your, your energy field, you know, the energy field is like an egg shape around us, right? And yours is like just above the knees and it shoots up there. So you're like, whoop, 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 you know, you can play in and out of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I want to see your energy field a third of it under the ground. Under the ground. That's why I'm saying your feet are three feet down into the ground, into the earth. Just, if you walk like that for like five minutes every day, it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. If we work on the energy body, sometimes the rest of it will kick in because it's your energy body is what's saying, let's get out of here, let's get out of here. It's much smoother if I don't come fully in. It's like, no, the work is to come fully in. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Hiya. Oh, sorry, Brian. Yourself? No. Um, thank you for saying that because that was a, that was what the grief was for me. Is like I just got here in the sense I'm 50, but most of my life I wasn't really in my body. Yeah. Didn't want to be here. And now I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Oh, I got. I know. Yeah. I know. It's that that. That's a pain in the ass how that happens. It's like it finally comes together and then the, the rug is pulled from under you. Yeah, that's that's the deal. That too. Yes, yes, that too. Actually, what I want to say is very is related to what you said because after what you said yesterday too, I'm 34, so I feel that way too because um, I'd like you to say a little bit more about um, vowing to never do anything or you know. Um, you know, cutting things off and stopping things and desires and all that. And that's, you know, um, so I used to be able to enjoy everything. So I used to enjoy food so much. I used to enjoy my coffee. Like I would look forward to waking up in the morning, drinking my coffee, you know, sex, all that stuff. And right now, all I'm left with is literally bitterness. Like I drink my coffee and I'm like, what is wrong with my coffee? You know, change it around, change the water, change everything, cook my food differently. It just, nothing tastes good. You know, everything that I used to enjoy, chocolate, I eat it and I'm like, mm, you know, it's fine. You know, of course, you know, desire for sex, you know, when you're in the moment, it's, it's amazing, you crave it, and then after that, you're like, ugh, you know. <laughs> you know, so so I wake up every morning and I make all these vows and like, I'm never going to do that again. I'm just not going to go there. And then I realize that's just... And you do go there? I do go there and it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So will you please say more, a little bit more about that? Never say never. Never say never. <laughs> yeah, it's not working. Yeah, it, it's not working. Yeah, and if it does work for you, great, but you've discovered it's not working. So it's like, okay, so there's something about that extreme shut-off that doesn't honor Hayat. Yeah. There's something that about that extreme. So it's like, okay, let's bring my path away from the extreme, yes or no, right or wrong, and let's bring it into the middle, and let's be more fluid with myself to figure out. It's like, okay, so nothing was really doing it here. 
My favorite food isn't doing it. My favorite type of coffee isn't doing it. All right, so, so the outside isn't delivering. There's a hunger for something deeper, and the outside isn't, isn't giving it to me anymore. You're just being pulled inward. And I, I want to also touch a little bit on that 10% that you said, because yeah. I feel like that's related to that, because um, the way it's, it feels like it's linked to the 10%, that by making it only 10%, that only allows space for a lot less, if that makes sense. Yes. Which will, you know, really what's what honors me. Because before, yeah. I used to be a lot more spacious, but you know, in a phenomenal world, yeah. if that makes sense. So yeah. I was more open to yeah. everybody and everything. Yes. And, and then that 10%, you know, kind of gripped me what you said, because it feels like if I only dedicate 10% to here, I'll be more selective. You'll be more selective. Of what's, yes. what's allowed in yes. and what I, what I yes. can, you know, honor. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it, it'll, it, it, it will mean you won't have so much invested in, oh, that'll make me happy, that'll make you happy. You know, it'll stop you, sure, it, from both angles. You know, from what you said, it's going to, you're going to be more selective outside, but also you won't have the energy to grasp. You won't. There won't be the excess that can reach beyond your phenomenal life. You know, like even even socially, I used to be more open yeah. and, and always reaching out yeah. and always, you know, um, you know, bringing people in, bringing yeah. energies in. And now I'm more like, yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah. It's not really yeah, yeah. that right now. We end up getting a little bit quieter yeah. for, for this phase. We just get more withdrawn, a bit more of an introvert, pulls back. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You have to because you're, 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 you're going in <coughs> instead of going out, you know. And I went through like resisting that, like what is wrong with me? What's going on? Why am I, why am I not talking to people? Yeah. And then what I've what I'm what I've noticed is happening is just basically like like you told me before, like not saying much yeah. until what's really what yeah. really needs to come out. And it's about finding the balance because then sometimes it might be like, oh shoot, I I really need to talk to somebody. I just. I, I need to socialize myself a little bit. It's like, okay, let's find a balance that works for you. And but that's where the 10%. Yeah, exactly. And redefining what does my lifestyle look like where it's healthy and supportive of what I really want to honor now, you know? Yeah. And that, that's a movable thing, you know? And that's okay. So there's no hard and fast there. You see? And then um, one more thing about desire. So when you said about the energetic thing, um, I've had a couple of moments, you know, recently where I felt that where it's just an idea superimposed on a natural movement where I was like, oh, I really wanted to do that, but it just, it, it happened. Um, it, can you give like a, just like a pointer at, you know, um, how do you... You know the natural movement, and then when the mind is superimposed on top of it, are you very clear about the two of those? It's not always there, but I have moments where af it's after I've already, too, it's after it's too late that I can look back and I'm like, oh, I, you know, um, I just claimed that. I just, yeah. I just claimed that yeah. to be what I wanted. Yeah. Um, my mind just 
you know, yeah. put an idea on it, but it's, yeah. it's not really what, what happened. was just, I just moved in that direction. Yeah. It does. It's really the more our self-awareness, the quieter we are on the inside, the more we can feel where is the movement coming from. Is it coming from mind? You know, as Tom said, mind is, mind is behind any movement. You know, or or is there movement that comes from someplace else? That's a piece of work that we have to do ourselves to to be able to taste what yeah to strengthen that muscle so that you recognize no this is the flow this is the divine order I can't do anything here I I I no this is the way that's going and to be able to discern that yourself is trial and error. And then, so related to that is. Um, one of the things that I, I found, found to be like a point, a good pointer towards that is that it's um, if it didn't, if it did or didn't happen, there's no difference. So that's like one of the good, like the ways that I've been trying to like. Um, do you justify action because of that, or um, or do you really no, know that things don't matter? Um, so what I'm trying to say is that. Um, If it did or didn't happen, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so, you know, to, to give it a moment beforehand and yeah. just, you know, have this space and think, like, yeah. you know, if I did that, what difference does it make? Um, that, was, that wasn't that really what I was Okay, now, now you're going into something else now. Yeah, no, I yeah. guess they were that's, sure. that's okay. just phenomenal yeah. decision-making uh, techniques. Yeah, yeah. no, I, lo I lost it. I lost mm -hmm. it. That's all right. Yeah, it's okay. Thank you. Are we good? We're on the time. Is there a Paula? Did you, did you find it again? Would you like the mic? Yeah. She's in front. Yeah. I won't be here tomorrow. So. Ah, okay. Um, everything that's happened since Friday evening and now um, has been like a piece. P-I-E-C-E. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no. Also very peaceful. Oh, okay. <laughs> but also, it's a piece. It's there's a lot of continuity or a lot of um, um, clarity since. And um, and this is my mind, of course, saying, "Well, you don't have any drama." Well, where's the drama? And it's wonderful without drama. Uh huh. So it's. I guess my question is, the trickiness of it. You know, I hear the, the stories, people's stories, and the pain, the suffering, the um, angst, existential, whatever you know, pain, and somehow I'm saying, well, I'm not. Am I not feeling them? Am I not? Have I kind of just risen above it or something? So it's like, is there compassion there? Is there loving kindness? Is there, you know, living with, you know, Patrick, he's not well, or I mean, he's well, but he's getting old, like we all are. And so I'm seeing more of this. Don't sweat the small stuff. Mm -hmm. that 
Um, it's so um, temporary. Yes. And so I, what I'm saying, I guess, is I'm I'm not sure if it's avoidance or is it really that I'm um, I don't want to say above it all, but what mm-hmm. I mean is I've had so many experiences in my own life that I've kind of do you believe you're Paula? No. When was the last time you believed a thought? Oh, always before I fly. Aha, there we go. <laughs> There's that one still there. It's still there, and I would like to unpack it. Because so your drama. Yeah, there is a drama. It's like, am I going to get the plane, blah, blah, the ferry, the train, the you know, whatever. <laughs> So that, that, that's the place that Paul comes in. Yeah. About, am I going to make, is it going to be on, am I going to be able to get there? But that's, I think, almost the only time that I really notice Yeah. Time to unpack that then, huh? I don't get anywhere with it. No, but you still support it. You still think it helps you to get there. Well, no, I realize that, you know, in going in through it, I got what am I going to wait or blah, blah. You know, no, do I pack this, do I pack that? Um, and I travel a lot, right? Um, I catch myself when I say, no, wait, Paula, you're doing the, you're doing the Paula number. Yeah. And, yeah. So I do catch myself, but that's certainly where it comes up. Okay. But I do catch it. Okay. It maybe a little bit of time. Could you go into, like, a... a, a a deeper level of perception and see what packing your bag would look like. Break it up. See what packing your bag, how it would happen if you're in a deeper zone of perception. Like, meditate, get still, pull back, pull back, pull down, go to wherever it is that has no story. And let your body pack. See if it'll pack. Let your body book flights. Let, let something else do it. Play with that. It's like your, your brain doesn't, has a pattern of how it approaches travel. And I'd love to actually, okay, we're going to a different piece of my brain, a whole different network, mm-hmm. or deeper than that, which will use a, a more calm network, will use more right brain than left brain. And let, let's see if, if the tasks can be operated without Paula being the one who's doing the tasks without Paula having anxiety about it or whatever level of discomfort there is about it. So for you to complete that task in another way, it would really help before you do one of those things, before you travel, before you get it, it's like going to a meditative state, going, I'm, okay, now I'm here. Okay, now I have to call my taxi. From here, I have to call the cab. And, and train your brain to function in a different way. Because I'm guessing that there will be no trust. And that the controller will, well, if I don't do the, I'm going to miss the flight. That's not worth it. So actually, I'm going to sort of lead Jack's exercise, and I'm going to do it this time, and I'll do it next time. I would expect something like that to happen. That a controller might come in there. Out of sheer, you trust the controller more than you trust when it comes to things that involve, you know, obligations and time and commitment and money and the whole package of what's involved for traveling. 
that you trust that part of your brain, the me, myself, I, to do it, rather than trusting the divine flow. I would take that on. And if it means missing a flight, so what? So what? That's what I tell myself anyway. It doesn't matter. It's just yeah. money. Yes, it's just money. Freedom is God, so much more important. So go into a different mindset before you approach any of those tasks. Are you catching a flight tomorrow? Yes. Great. So you'll be here. So anytime it's like, whoops, there's the, there's the memory that I have to get up at that time in the morning. It's like, okay, stop, stop, stop. i got to drop in, got to drop in. All right, now I'm going to set my clock for the morning. No, I'm, okay, am I still there? No, no, drop back, drop back, drop back. i got to train my brain how to work in a different way. We're doing the task without the Paula. We're doing the task step by step and be vigilant. I can see myself doing it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have to train your brain to, to, to complete tasks without running the me, myself, I part of your brain. Yeah, it's, it's really travel when I see it. Yeah, yeah. It's always one thing, you know? For me, it was desire, for you, it's travel. It's, it, there's one thing that's going to be the darn stick mark. Thank you, Jenny. You're very welcome. <laughs> Well, it's appropriate. She's getting hijacked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks.